Well, good morning, church. It is so good to be and worship with you this morning. I am super excited that you're here today because uh, we're in this series. We're talking about this series called Prayer, uh, More Than Words. And, and prayer, uh, if you think about it, prayer is something that is really innate in us. It's something that comes to us naturally. Like if you look back in history and you look back across the time, you'll see that in every civilization, um, that there has been some sort of type of worship and some sort of type of prayer. And, 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 and whether it's praying multiple times a day or maybe it's praying a ritual prayer or a prayer that has been memorized, uh, even in atheists, there is something inside of them that when they find themselves in trouble, they call out for help. And, and so the question for us isn't, am I going to pray? Because at some point or another, we're going to pray. The, the more important question for us is, who are you praying to? Who are you praying to? Who is it that you're calling out in your moments of need or crisis? Because everybody prays in some form or fashion, but who, who is it that you are praying to. Here's what uh, A.W. Tozer, he writes this. He says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And I would say, man, that is so true. That whatever comes into our minds when we think about God, that's probably the most important thing about us. So if you think that God is out to punish you, then you're going to live a life of fear. You're living a life on pins and needles because you don't want to make God uh, mad at you because you have this idea in your head that he's after you. Or, or if you think God is unpleasable, then, then you're going to spend your life working and working and working just trying to get his attention because you just don't feel like you can please him. And just maybe, maybe you'll do the right thing someday and it will please him. Or if you think God, many of us think this way, that God has like this huge filing cabinet in heaven with all the things in it that you've done wrong in your life. And, and then you are going to live your life in worry and fear and anxiety because that's who you think God is. He's just writing down all the things that you've done wrong, and he's keeping record of it. But what we believe, what you believe, and what I believe about God, let me tell you, it's the most important thing about you. It determines how you live your life. And, and here's the thing, and I want you to hear this today, that God makes us better. God makes us better. Having a relationship with God through Jesus, it makes your life better. Does it make all of your problems go away? No. Does it make a, a everything rainbow and unicorns? No. But it makes your life better. And not just in heaven, because that's to come. And let me tell you, that's going to be amazing. It's going to be beyond what your, even your, your mind can comprehend. But God also makes us better right here, right now in peace, in the purpose, and in the hope that God wants every one of us to live every single day. So God makes us better. 
But if you think God's mad at you, if you think God's keeping record of all your wrongs, if you think God is unpleasable, then you're not going to live your life that way. You're not going to experience a better life. However, if you think that God is trustworthy, if you think God is full of grace, and you believe that God is for you, you are going to experience a life, a life that is so filled with peace and purpose and hope. But it all is determined by what you think about God. God wants to make your life better. And so if you have your Bibles with you, I want to invite you to open up to Luke chapter 11. That's kind of where we are anchoring ourselves over the next few weeks as we look at the Lord's Prayer. And, and, uh, and last week, we looked at the purpose of prayer. And so we talked about the purpose of prayer. If you missed last week, I just invite you to go online, go watch it, and, and so that you're, you're confident in what the purpose of prayer is. But this week, I want us to talk about the passion, the passion of prayer. And so Luke chapter 11, and, and I want us to start out and look again at verse 1. We looked at it last week, but I want us to look at it in a little deeper uh, this week. And, and here's what he says, and, and, and here's what Luke says in verse 1. He says, one day, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. Like, put your finger there for a minute, and let's just unpack that, because there's some really juicy, important stuff right here in this one sentence, that one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And so the first, first we see that Jesus was passionate about prayer. He was passionate about prayer. It was a priority for him. Jesus made it a priority that one day Jesus went to a certain place and he was praying. He makes this a priority. And you might be thinking, well, duh, like he's Jesus, right? Like, of course, he's going to make prayer a priority in his life. But I want you to think about this for a minute. Like, I want you to think about why Jesus made prayer a priority because we know that Jesus was fully God, right? He was fully God. And, and yet, even though he was fully God, he still made prayer a priority. He still took time to pray to God the Father. It was so important to him to connect with the Father. And so he models that for us. He made prayer a priority. And so I would just argue with you this morning that prayer should also be a priority and a passion for us. Amen. That as believers, as, as those of us who have said yes to Jesus, that prayer, we should be passionate about prayer and it should be a priority in our lives. And notice uh, it says that Jesus prayed in a certain place. And there's a reason why Luke puts that in there, that Jesus, one day he prayed in a certain place, that Jesus, I imagine Jesus had a favorite spot to pray. So Jesus did most of his ministry by the Sea of Galilee, a beautiful and amazing place. And Jesus found, though, a certain place that he liked to pray. It was a place that the disciples knew where they could find him. And I would say to you that when we pray, we need a certain place too. That, that call it your prayer closet, call it uh, your special place, call it whatever you want, but we need a place where you and I go to pray. Now, I'll, sh I'll share, I have a certain place in my house. Uh, I, I did it this morning. So when I wake up, when my alarm goes off, or like this morning when I wake up before my alarm goes off, that's so annoying. 
Like when you like wake up and you got like 15 more minutes to go, I'm like, oh man, I could be sleeping. But when I woke up and I do this every morning, I sit up at the edge of my bed. I don't pick up my phone. I don't do anything else. I stop and I pray. And I pray something like this. I pray, God, my feet are about to hit the ground. And I'm praying and I'm asking that your peace would go with me everywhere that I go. And I say, God, I want to take you with me every place that I go today. And then I, I, I literally put on the armor of God in my mind. I say, God, I, I, I thank you for the helmet of salvation. I thank you for, for salvation and for doing, uh, sending Jesus on the cross to die for me. And Lord, I'm going to put on my shield of faith and I'm going to put on that breastplate of righteousness. And I, and I go through in the, in the belt of truth and I talk about all these things. And I say, and God, help me to love differently today. Like help me to see opportunities to love differently. And so I have my place. It's the edge of my bed. And I'm sitting there with my feet dangling off my bed and I'm praying and I'm inviting God to go with me throughout the day. So we all, we need a place. I have a place here in the church where I, I come to pray. And so if I'm here, there's a place that I have a certain place. And so there is just that certain place that I go to pray. And, and let me encourage you, if you don't have a place, find a place. Find that certain special place where you can go to pray. Find a place at home. Find a place at your office. Find a place outside where you go hiking and you've got that rock that you like to sit on and pray, but make it your place of prayer. And so Jesus, we know that he went and he went to a certain place. And I just imagine that he's on the edge of the Sea of Galilee and he's found this rock that he goes. And the disciples knew where to find him. And so he went there often and they knew that that's where he would be. So find a place. We also know that Jesus, he prayed in the morning. Now, it doesn't tell us that in, in Luke's account, but we know from Mark's account of the gospel that it says this in Mark 135, it says very early, everybody say early, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Talk about a priority Jesus got up very early in the morning. How many of y'all are morning people? All right, a couple of you are. How many of you all are not morning people? More of you are, yeah. Well, Jesus got up early in the morning while it was still dark, and he got up and he prayed. And, and, and again, I just want to challenge you, and I want to encourage you to carve out some time in the mornings to pray, to invite Jesus into your life for the day, to say, Jesus, I want to walk where you want me to walk. I want to say what you want me to say. I want to meet the people that you want me to meet. Even if you're not a morning person, just get up and pray and make time first thing in the morning to say something like, God, I want you in my heart and my life, and I want to start my day off with you. Can we just have a conversation? And so Jesus, he gets up early in the morning and, and is praying in a certain place and the disciples wake up and they're like, where's Jesus? And I'm sure like Peter's like, duh, we know where Jesus is. He's at the rock. He's at that rock and he's praying. We guarantee it. And so they, they say, well, let's go find him. And they all head over and they're watching him pray. 
there must have been something about that. I remember when I was in, uh, in high school, and, and uh, I would get up, and my dad would get me up early. I'd eat breakfast, and I would sit on the couch, and I'd wait for him. And he was sitting in his recliner, and he'd always have his Bible open, and he'd always be praying. And I watched my dad day after day pray and read his Bible in the morning. And he modeled for me. I don't know if he did it purposely or intentionally, but he modeled for me what this looked like. And Jesus is modeling it for the disciples. And so they're watching him pray. And the verse one continues and says, when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. They say, Lord, teach us to pray. There was something vastly different about the way that Jesus prayed. And we talked about last week how the disciples, they had grown up uh, Jewish and they'd grown up praying three times a day. And they prayed before they went to bed. They prayed when they woke up in the morning and they prayed in the afternoon. And, and the, and, and the, and, but they're listening this time to Jesus. And they're listening to Jesus pray. And there had to be something different. Like there just had to be something different about the way Jesus was praying. It wasn't the prayers that they learned in the temple. It wasn't the prayers that their mom or their dad taught them. There was something personal and intimate and different. This prayer that Jesus was praying, it was powerful. It was passionate. It was personal. And all they could say is, Lord, I want to pray like that. Teach me how to pray. And I wonder if you have people in your life that, that you're like, man, these are prayer warriors. Like I remember at one church that I was serving at, there was Nancy. And Nancy was the one that everyone went to when they had a prayer request. Because Nancy was just the prayer warrior. Like every church has a prayer warrior. I mean, we all pray, but every church has like this one person that they just like everyone goes to because they know that when that person prays, like God listens, like God opens his ears to them when they pray. And Nancy was that person and in and, and my church and everyone would go to Nancy because if you had a problem and you wanted God to answer that problem, you just send Nancy. Nancy will take care of it. She'll take care of it with the Lord in prayer. And, and so um, maybe you have have somebody like that in your family. Maybe it's like your grandmother. Uh, and maybe when your grandmother prays, you're like, wow, like God listens to grandma. Like she, he answers her prayers. And so, so like when you've got a problem going on, you're on the phone, you're like, grandma, I need you to talk to the big man. Like, I need you to call. I need you to make a, you know, a phone a friend here, but phone God. And I need you to tell him what's going on. I need you to answer my prayer because God just tends to hear grandma's prayers. And, and so what if we though, think about this. What if we were people like that? Like, what if we were, uh, just had that passion and had that deep connection with God and, and like, you didn't mind, uh, you, you, you spent hours praying or you spent time praying and you enjoyed it and you were passionate about it. Uh, there was just purpose in prayer. And that's my prayer for us. That's my prayer for you today, that Lord, would you teach us to pray? Would you teach us to pray passionately? Would you teach us to pray the way that Jesus prayed? Would, you, would we just make prayer a priority in our lives? We read on in verse two and Jesus says to them, he says, when you pray, he says, when you pray, say this. And, and what follows is the Lord's prayer. And, and, and so that's what we're talking about in this series. We're, we're picking apart the Lord's prayer. We're saying, okay, what is it that Jesus wanted us to learn about the Lord's prayer? And so Jesus says, when you pray, say, Father, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us. 
Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. So Jesus gives them a model for prayer. Like we don't have to recite the Lord's Prayer every day. He's just giving us a model. He's giving us an example of what our prayers, what a passionate prayer looks like. And today I want to concentrate on just one word in this prayer. I just want us to look at one word, and and it's this. He said to them, Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father. When you pray, say, Father. You see, Jesus taught us to pray to our Father. He said, listen, when you pray, call him Father. And this is so important because Jesus is teaching us To call God, the creator of the universe, the one that breathed life into us, the one that spoke the stars into existence, the one that threw the galaxies into the sky. He says, hey, I want you to call that God. I want you to call him Father. Such a radical idea. It uh, It was so different for these Jewish young men that were his disciples to hear Jesus say, when you pray, call him father. Because when you look at the Old Testament and when you read the Jewish heritage, the Jews, they kept God at a distance because God was holy and and he's God and they were not God. And and, and even when God reveals his personal name to them in Exodus chapter three, when he says, my name is Yahweh, they're like, whoa, they're like, God, that's too personal. Like, we, we can't call you that. And, and in fact, they wouldn't even write out the full name Yahweh. That when they wrote the name of God, they didn't want to take any chances. They didn't want to misspell it. His name was so holy, they would just write the consonants, Y-H-W-H. Because God is holy, and they are not. And then Jesus comes along and he's praying and the disciples are like, man, there's just something different about his prayer. And they say, teach us to pray. And the first thing that Jesus says is you can call God father. Like you can call him father. And I'm sure they're thinking, oh no, like he's too holy. You can't call him father. But I believe this is what separates Christianity from every other religion in the world because in most religions, God is unknowable. In most of the religions in the world, God is the supreme being up there somewhere, somehow, some way. And there's no way they could call him Father. But Jesus, Jesus comes along and he says, listen, when you pray, you say Father. He's approachable. Our God is knowable. Our God is personal. Our God is like a Father. Now, I get that some of you may struggle with this because you're like, well, Pastor Rick, I, didn't, I, I don't or I didn't have a really good earthly father. And, and I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, so when you, when you hear Jesus say, call God Father, you're like, man, that's, that's tough. Like, that's hard for me because, because my dad was not what I want God to be like. Like, my father is nothing like God the Father My father wasn't there for me. My father was a deadbeat. My father checked out. He wasn't the kind of dad that that I want to be. And so I struggle with calling God father. But let me just challenge you with this. Don't 
project your feelings for your earthly father onto your heavenly father. Like, let me just invite you with that. I know some of us have had some bad dads, but don't project your feelings for your earthly father onto your heavenly father. You see, we tend to look at our earthly father and we try and look at God instead of the other way around. Instead of looking at God as the perfect father, the OG, the goat, the original father. It's like looking at an original painting versus looking at a copy. I'm gonna, I wanna look at the original. I wanna see the original. And God, this is what a father should be. He's the original. He's the perfect example of a dad. This is what a father is. And so let's think about this a minute. If God is the perfect father, what, what does a good father do? Well, really, a, a good father does three things. The first thing, a good father, he provides, right? A good father provides. All dads in this room, we feel the weight of that. Like, we want to provide for our families. Uh, we're, we're not workaholics. We just want to do a good job so that we can provide security and financially for our families. So a, a father provides. A good father also protects, right? Like, it's one thing for someone to say something bad about me, but if you say something bad about my kids, it's like the gloves are off, let's go, right? Like, it's just you see Papa Bear come out, and, 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 and there's not a dad in this room that I don't believe that wouldn't fight for their kids. So a good, a good father provides, a good father protects, and a good father also prepares. That's what we do as dads. Get this, we want our kids to be great kids, but we want our kids to be great adults, right? Amen. Like we want them to grow into great adults and we want to help prepare them for that. Like my dad, I didn't have my dad for about 17 years of my life, but when my dad was sitting in that chair and he was reading his Bible and he was praying, he was preparing me. He was modeling for me. This is what it looks like, son. This is what I want for you. I want you to get up early in the morning like I did because I did it like Jesus did. And I want you to spend time in prayer. I want you to make this a priority in your life because I want you to experience all the goodness that God has for you. And that's what we do. A good father prepares. And so I want you to think about God like this good father. He, he, you have a heavenly father that is the perfect father. He provides for you. He knows your needs. The Bible says he knows your needs before you even ask. He's already one step ahead of you. He provides for you. You have a heavenly father that protects uh, and, and you can trust him. He wants the best for you. He protects you. Uh, he, he watches over you. You also have a heavenly father that is always preparing you, right? Like in life, your circumstances, sometimes those things happen in life and life gets sideways because God is preparing you and shaping you and molding you for what's coming up around the corner. That's what a dad does. That's a father. So when you pray, Jesus says, say father, say father. So if we truly believe that God is Father, and we truly believe that He's perfect, shouldn't that impact the way we pray? Like knowing that God is who God is, knowing that He is the perfect Father, the one that provides, the one that prepares, the one that protects, shouldn't that impact the way that we pray? Shouldn't it impact the passion in which we pray with? 
Like, it shouldn't be like, oh, man, it's 6.15 in the morning. I've got to get up and pray. It shouldn't be that way. It should be, man, God, I'm so excited to meet with you. I'm excited to spend time in prayer with you. Shouldn't that impact the priority that we take with prayer, right? Like, shouldn't, it shouldn't be like, uh, I shouldn't have to convince you to get up early to pray. Like, it should just be a priority, in our lives, it should be something that we want in our lives. So what keeps us? What keeps us from praying? Like, what are some things that keep us from praying? And I want to share a few of those with you this morning. And I think if you're taking notes, I would write this down. The first thing that keeps us from prayer is busyness. It's busyness. It's a time issue. Like, anyone else struggle with busyness and time? Any of us feel busy? And, and, and someone asks how you're doing. You, you meet someone down on, at, at Walmart and they say, hey, how are you doing? You're like, oh, I'm so busy. Like we wear it like a badge of courage. It's like, I'm, I'm just so busy. Like I just, I'm always going. I'm constantly doing stuff. You are busy. I get it. I watch you. I see you on Facebook. You're busy people. But are you busy doing the right things? Like, are you busy being productive? Are you busy making a difference? Are you busy investing in the things that matter? Because we are, we're busy people and we don't know how to be still. We don't know how to rest because the world tells us that we should be busy. And I, and I love fall. I love fall because for me, it's kind of like a restart. Like I know a lot of you like January 1st is that restart, but for me, fall is like a restart or a reset. Like summer is over, school's gotten back into session, the weather's changing, and for me, it's the perfect time to say, hey, you know what? I want to start something new. I want to invest my time in the things of God. I want to, I want to expand my prayer life. I want, to, I want to be better. I want to make prayer more of a priority in my life. And yes, we are busy people. You're busy. I'm busy. But listen, I know this to be true that we will always make time for the things that we're passionate about. It's just true. You'll always make time for the things that you're passionate about. And you know, if, you, if, if family is something you're passionate about, you'll always make time for your family. If football is something you're passionate about, you'll always make time for the Kentucky Wildcats. Uh, if, 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 you know, uh, watching TV is important to you, you'll always make time for Netflix. We'll make time for whatever's important for us. We'll make time for the things that we get really passionate about. And if we're going to grow on purpose, and that's one of our core values here is growing on purpose and growing deeper in our relationship with God, uh, we're going to make time for that too because it's a priority. It's something we're passionate about. So we can be busy. We can be busy, but why not be busy doing the right things? Why not make prayer a priority. So that's one of the things that keeps us from prayer is busyness. I think the second thing that keeps us from praying is the thing that we're all really good at, and that's excuses. We're good at making excuses. It's really a priority issue. Like if we don't have a passionate uh, prayer life, it's probably because we've made some excuses and, and prayer is just not a priority in our life. And, and, and I can say things like, you know what? I'll pray later. Like when I retire, I'll have plenty of time to sit in my rocking chair on the front porch and just spend time with the Lord. I'll have time then. But right now in this season that I'm in, I just don't have time for prayer. 
And I thought about, you know, Warehouse Church. I thought, there is some, Warehouse Church, we are really good at having babies around here. Like, we got babies popping up all over the place. And, and I know in this season for these parents that are having these new babies, that life is really crazy. Like, life is just way crazy in this new season. And I'm just like, good job, you made it to church today, right? Like, you just made it to church. That's an that's a, a plus. But whatever season it, you're in, whether it's a new parent, whether it's dealing with teenagers, whether it's uh, dealing with empty nesting, and, or whether it's retiring, whatever season you're in, you have to make prayer a priority. You got to stop with the excuses. We got excuses for everything. But if we're going to make prayer a priority, we've got to stop making excuses. And maybe for you, if you're going to make prayer a priority, maybe for you, it's like, hey, you know what? I got time when I'm folding clothes. Like, I got time when I'm folding the laundry. I'll just, that's my prayer time. As I'm folding laundry, I'm going to be praying. Or maybe like for you, it's like when I'm mowing the grass, I'm going to spend time prayer. That's my time that I can pray. Or maybe when it's driving to work, like I'm going to pray. Like I've got a 30-minute commute or I've got a 20-minute commute. So I'm just going to spend time in the car praying. I'm not going to close my eyes. I'm not going to take my hands off the steering wheel. But I'm going to pray. I'm going to spend time praying with the Lord. And so you got to find that time, whatever season of life you're in. Maybe you're in a season of life where you, do, you can sit in the rocking chair on the front porch and spend time in prayer. Then do that. Whatever season you're in, you gotta make prayer a priority. And you can come along and say, you know what? I, I'm gonna make prayer a priority because why? Because I wanna grow deeper in my faith. Because I wanna grow intentionally and on purpose. And I wanna grow stronger. And I know that I need prayer to be a priority in my life. So whatever season of life you find yourself in, don't make excuses. I got a baby. I got kids. I got baseball. I got, I got uh, um, after school stuff. I've got whatever. Figure it out and make prayer a priority because the things that are most important to you are the things that you will make time for. A third one, a third reason why we don't pray is distractions. Like it's a focus issue. For some of us, we're like, yeah, here's an excuse. I got ADD. Like, I just can't focus. That's me. Like, I will, I will try and use that excuse. If I ever use that excuse on you, you say, suck it up, buttercup. You can, I just give you permission. And, um, and so, but it, I don't know if you've ever felt this way, though, but like, I've made prayer a priority before, and I'm like, I'm so excited. I got my Bible, right? I picked up my place. I'm ready to pray. I'm excited. I got my little journal. I got my pen. Uh, I'm so excited to sit down. And as I sit down and I begin to pray, guess what happens? Like immediately, immediately, I start thinking of all the things that I have to do that day. And, and my mind starts to wander on all the things that I have to get accomplished. Or my phone starts buzzing, right? And my phone starts buzzing and I'm like, oh, I might miss something. Like it might be something important. I probably should look at that. And then before you know it, like you spent the last 20 minutes going through TikTok videos because you picked up your phone and it was just a notification that a new TikTok from so-and-so just popped up. And, and so there's so many distractions, we're distracted by so many things and there's so many things that are going on and are going to happen. And you, we, we both, we have to push past that. We gotta push past whatever that bright, shiny object is that's distracting us, right? Like squirrel, like you gotta, you gotta push past it and, and not let the squirrels distract you. And how do we do that? Well, we just say, you know what? I'm gonna focus. I'm gonna focus my mind. I'm gonna focus my heart I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to block everything out. Let me just do this. Let me just give you permission. You can leave your phone in the other room when you spend time in prayer. It'll be all right. Like, nobody will miss you for 20 minutes, 
or 15 minutes or however long you pray. Just go ahead and do it. Just say, you know what? I'm going to remove a distraction right now. I'm taking my phone out of my pocket. I'm going to put it in the kitchen. I'm going to go pray in this room. And, and you just, just leave, it, leave it behind. And, and, uh, and so um, I know that, that you may have withdrawals. Some of you can't go five minutes without your phone. You're like, oh, I left my phone. What am I going to do? And you have FOMO, the fear of missing out. It's okay. Just leave it. Just leave it and focus on God because I promise you that when you make prayer a priority, whatever's going on on the phone doesn't matter nearly as much as what's going on in your vertical relationship with Jesus. And here's the fourth one. Not only is it, are distractions in it a, a, a problem, but here, here's another one, enemy. It's like a battle issue. There's an enemy. I don't know if you realize this or not. I don't think we think about this nearly enough. We talked about this at executive team meeting uh, this past week, but we're in a spiritual battle. Like there is a spiritual battle going on all around us and we have an enemy and we have an enemy that does not want to see you succeed. And we need to just recognize that. We need to claim it. We need to understand it, that there is an enemy out there that does not want to see you succeed. And the Bible even tells us that this enemy is a thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy Uh, The enemy wants to come and steal our relationships. He wants to steal our joy. You have an enemy, and the enemy is playing for keeps. Like, don't just think that the enemy is some whimsy, uh, you know, pansy little thing out there. The enemy is real, and the enemy wants to take you out. And every time you start praying, the enemy is going to start throwing distractions because the enemy doesn't want you spending time in prayer. And, and you know, even in history, every time that there's been a war, every time that there's been a battle in history, you know what the first thing, one of the first things the enemy does is they attempt to take out their foe's communications. They're like, if we can destroy the communications, if we can take it out, we've got them isolated and then we can overcome them or overpower them. And so that's what Satan does. Satan comes along and says, listen, if I can keep you from praying, And I will use whatever necessary to do it. If I can keep you from praying, I'll send squirrels. I'll send shiny objects. I'll make your phone go off. I'll do whatever it takes to keep you from praying. Because if I can do that, I'll get you isolated from God. And here's what will happen. You'll get isolated from God and you'll turn in on yourself. And you'll think that you're more important than anything else. And you will drift and be far from the Father. See, the enemy's not playing games. And so every time you sit down to pray, you're going to get sleepy. You're going to have a distraction. Your phone's going to go off. Your mind's going to wander. And you need to say, you know what? Not today, enemy. I'm going to focus my heart and my mind on prayer because it's a battle issue. We have an enemy out there. Here's number five. There's a lack of awe. There really is a lack of awe. It's a heart issue. It really is a heart issue. I I, I sense that today we don't have this awe for who God is. Like we have lost the picture of who God is. The Jewish folks in the Old Testament, they wouldn't even write his name down because God was so holy. And I feel like we've lost that awe. And and this is what it really boils down to. We forget that the God of the universe, the one who spoke us into being, wants to meet with us. Like we should be in awe of that. Like that should knock us off our feet. That the God of the universe, the one who spoke everything into being, wants to meet with you. 
wants to sit down with you, wants to have a conversation with you, wants to encourage you, wants to love on you, wants to meet with you. I hope you caught that. I hope that you leave here today knowing that God wants to meet with you. He wants to spend time with you. And it really comes down to a heart issue. And if I were to tell you, if I were to tell you this, if I would say, hey, you know what? The governor of Kentucky, he wants to have you over for dinner. He wants to see how, he just wants to catch up. He wants to see how things are going. He's invited you over to the governor's mansion. And you'd be like, yeah, I'm going. Like you might have a few things you want to tell him or you might want to listen to him. And, uh, and so you're going to show up and you're going to be there early and you're going to be excited and you're going to be in awe of, 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 of the mansion. You're going to be in awe of his presence. And, and, but we have someone greater. Like we have someone greater. We've got someone higher that says, I want to meet with you. Like, I want to have lunch with you. I want to have breakfast with you. I want to I walk with you. I want to take you on adventures. And you see, here's the thing about prayer that we need to understand is that the goal of prayer is to grow in our relationship with God. Like, if you're like, you know what? I just don't feel like I'm growing. I'm going to say, so how's your prayer life? And chances are that if you don't feel like you're growing in your relationship with God, you have a non-existence or very little or very petty prayer life. Because here's how we grow in our relationship with God. It's not about religion. It's not about religion. It's about a relationship. And that's what God is inviting us into with prayer. He's inviting us into a relationship because prayer is not a ritual. Prayer is a relationship. And some of you, some of you grew up repeating prayers. Many of us did. Maybe we said, now I lay me down to sleep. Or maybe we said a, a, a blessing at the, at, at a, a memorized blessing at dinner. And, and those are fine. But what, what we were doing, that was preparing us, right? Like that was preparing us for this relationship. When my dad was sitting in that recliner, he was preparing me for a relationship with the father. He was showing me how important it is to make prayer a priority. And so as we grow, or let me say this, as our prayer life grows, so do we in our faith. And Jesus says, when you pray, he's like, church, when you pray, I want you to say, Father. And I love in Romans 8, Paul tells us, he says, you know what? Uh, here, call out to Abba. Call out to Abba, Father. And Abba, the word Abba literally means daddy. It literally means daddy. And Paul said, I want you, I want you to call out to the creator of the universe. He's like, and call him daddy. Like, I don't know about the rest of the dads in here, but for me, there is nothing I love hearing more than my daughter, when my daughter says daddy. Like, I, it just grabs my heart. Like, she could ask me for a million dollars, and if I had it, I'd give it to her if she called me daddy. And, 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 and the same is true of God, I think. That when we call God Father, when we call him Daddy, it's like he leans in and he listens because he's been waiting for that moment. So the question I want to ask you as we wrap up today is this. Do you know God as Father? Do you know him as Daddy? Not the God who's angry with us or not the God who wants to judge us or not the God who's keeping records of all of our wrongs. But do you know the God, the one who truly loves you and cares about you and wants a relationship with you? You see, the only way you can know God, his father, is this way. 
You can only know him. A relationship with God only comes through Jesus. You see, the only way, the only way you know God as Father is when you have a relationship with him through his son, Jesus. And when, there, and when there comes a time in your life when you recognize that your own sin and your need of God's grace and mercy and you fall on your needs at some point and you say something like, God, I want you to come into my life. Jesus, would you forgive me of my sins? Jesus, you took my place. It was a price that I should have paid, but I couldn't pay. And you stepped in and you paid it for me by dying for me. And Jesus, I want you in my life. I want that kind of relationship with God as Father. See, a lot of people pray. A lot of people pray, but are you praying to the Father? Do you know Him as Abba, Father? You see, when you know Him as Father, it changes everything. When you know God as Daddy, it changes the relationship. Yes, God is holy. Yes, God is the one true holy God. But he's also daddy. He's also father. He's also the one that provides and protects us. Do you know him as father? Would you pray with me? Father God, I thank you. Lord, I, I thank you that you are holy. You're all-knowing. You're almighty. God, you are the holy of holies. But God, I thank you too that you're also Father. That I can call you Father and Daddy. Because Lord, you are also very personal and intimate and you desire nothing more than a personal relationship with every single one of us. So Father, my prayer for us this morning is that we would get passionate about prayer like Jesus was passionate about prayer. Father, he modeled prayer for us for a reason. And Lord, he got up early in the morning and made prayer a priority in his life. And Lord, as we live the Christian life, there is no possible way to live this life as Christians without making prayer a priority. So Father, if there is someone in here today who maybe they've been going to church for a long time, but they've never made prayer a priority. Father, I pray that today that would change. Lord, that today would be the day that they would say, you know what? It's time to make prayer a priority. Father, maybe we can relate to some of those reasons why we don't pray. Maybe we get distracted. Maybe the enemy is, is pulling the wool over our eyes. Father, maybe we just lost that awe of who you are. Father, whatever it is that's keeping us from prayer, maybe we claim it today. Maybe you say, you know what? I've been making excuses. Like I've been using my kids as excuses or I've been using my job as an excuse or my family. And maybe today's the day we lay down those excuses and say, you know what? No matter what season of life I'm in, I'm gonna make prayer a priority. 
I'm going to make time because I make time for everything else in my life that's important to me. I make camping and uh, time for camping. I make time for football. I make time for shopping. I make time for traveling. I make time for my job. I make time to hang out with my family. Certainly, I can make time to pray. Lord, teach us. Teach us to pray. And as we do, may we begin by calling you Father. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, as we think about this idea of God being our Father, I just want to invite you to stand with us as we sing this closing song. And as we do, I just lift your voices up to your heavenly Father. Maybe you want to come and maybe you want to spend time at the feet of the Father. Like maybe you just need to be in the presence of the Father in prayer. You come and spend time in prayer up front. Maybe you want someone to pray with you. I invite you, if you do, I'll be right up here on the front row. I'd be honored to pray with you. But let's spend time worshiping the Father this morning.